0: From the Bible will be John 4, verses 1 through 26. We'll go in through 14 together here. I just wanted to mention one thing. Um, it's been said that the Gospels have been written to different groups. Matthew was written to talk to the Jews, Mark was written to, to speak primarily to the Romans, um, Luke was written to speak to the Greeks, but John, John was written to speak to the whole world. That's where our salvation comes from. So, if you will, again, open your Bibles to John chapter 4, we'll read from that. Now, Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John, although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea, and he went back once more to Galilee. Now, he had to go through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar near the plot of the ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in then a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you and we worship you, not because we are told to, but because we love you You've given us gifts that we don't deserve and cannot justify ourselves, and for this we are thankful. As the song said, it's grace alone. Please bless this moment to our souls. Bring the Holy Spirit to Mike this morning as he enlightens us, and watch over your flock. This we ask in Jesus' name,
1: amen. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you, John. Good morning. Yeah, time change, right? We are now in the third month of two thousand and 20. It is flying by. I was just talking to Hannah upstairs, and I said, uh, when was the last time we saw your mom and dad? She says, it was Christmas. I said, no, it can't be that far long ago. But yeah, it's already been like three months, and so we are in the third month of, of 2020, and God is really blessing our vision. Uh, uh, you can see that through the youth video and things like that. Next week, uh, we're going to experience uh, Uh, Baptisms and baby dedications and and just wonderful growth in the kingdom of God And so we're super thankful that God is blessing our our vision if you're new to encounter uh, Our our 2020 vision is the challenge for everyone to grow deeper closer and wider Uh, We're challenging you to grow deeper in your love and knowledge of God and his word Uh, We're calling you to grow closer to one another as we strengthen the relationships here in this church Uh, together. We want to become stronger together. And then we're challenging you to reach wider this year to extend the love and truth of Jesus to people that God has placed in your life. That it is your responsibility to love your neighbor. You're called to love your neighbor. We're here to help you and encourage you and pray for you and equip you to do such a thing. Each, uh, Each week leading up to Easter, we're going to respond in worship by by just doing that, by writing a name on a heart that we have provided for you, and we're going to put it in the shadow box of that person that, you would, uh, that God has placed in your life, and that we could be praying for them, and we could also be praying for you that God will use you to have an impact in, on their lives. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus said this. Uh, he was asked a question. He says, what is, the, what is written in the law? Um, and, he's, and, and Jesus replied, how do you read it? And the man answered, he said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said this You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. You do this and you will live. This thing really catches our attention as Jesus says that. If you're following along in your bulletin, we provided you an insert that you could take with you into community as. We fulfill the vision in our own lives to grow closer to one another in community. That's the context that we want you to be in. And if you're not in a community group, we want to encourage you to be part of one. Uh, Tim is, also leads that lane. And so if you want to be part of a community group, please talk to Tim and he'll give you all the details there. But if you're following along, this is the first thing in your bulletin that I want you to write down in your sermon notes. It's a question. The question is, are you really satisfied with your life? The word there to fill in is satisfied. Are you really satisfied with your life? It's a very important question to answer. And our 2020 vision really encompasses all the things that Jesus says are essential to living uh, life in Luke 10. He says, do this and you will live. I don't know that we're all living a life that we are really satisfied with. Can you really ask yourself that question? Are you satisfied in this life Luke 10 says we're to love the Lord our God with all our heart with all our soul with all our strength and with all our mind the first two stands out to me at first that we're to love God we're to love Jesus with all our heart and our soul let me tell you this is that you can't love somebody with all your heart and all your soul if you don't know him personally if you don't know him deeply you're not going to love you could you might love Jesus with some of your heart you might love some things about Jesus you might love some some character traits of Jesus, but but if we're going to love Jesus with our whole heart and with our and deep within our soul, it's safe to say you got to get to know him, right? You've got to get to know him, and and so that his love for you will also permeate in your own lives, in your own souls. The Bible says when we we, we started off this year in First John, calling you to walk in the light. And in First John, he, uh, God says that we love because He first loved us. And so, you must wrap your hearts and your minds around who Jesus is and how much God loved us by sending us His Son, Jesus. John 3.16, we've heard that already this morning, that God loved the world so much that He sent His Son to die for us. He sent His Son as a sacrifice. He sent His Son to, to the world because He loves the world. And so when we get closer to that love, when we get uh, uh, into a relationship, this is why we're going to make much about Jesus in this church because we want your relationship with Jesus to go deep. We're going to talk about Jesus a lot in this church. And and, and so this is is hopefully that, that when you get to know Jesus, your love for God will deepen in 2020. I assure you. I've never heard anybody say, man, I have spent the whole year getting to know Jesus and I regret it. Nobody's ever said that. Nobody's ever said that ever, just so you know. And so we really want you to get to know Jesus in a much deeper way. You might even be here and you go, Well, you know, I've been in this church for 50 years, but I would really, I, I, I'm telling you this you cannot exhaust Jesus' love. The more you get to know him, the more you'll realize the depth of his love. And I would encourage you to follow the vision this year to grow deeper in your understanding of who God is in 2020. Then in Luke 10, Jesus says that if you really want to live, if you really want to live, there's two more components here. That we're to love the, uh, God with our strength and with our mind. Two weeks ago, I shared an illustration with you that I want to share with you again. If you're new, you'll enjoy this. If, you're, if you heard it uh, the first week, it, it's still really good. Uh, uh, I shared a story about uh, Charles Steinmetz. He is the mechanical genius and friend of Henry Ford. Uh, he, he had said that he can build a motor in his mind, and if it broke, he could actually fix it in his mind. And so when he designed it he, and, and actually built it, it ran with precision. One day on the assembly line in Ford's plant, uh, the, the motor broke down, and none of Ford's men could repair the, the, the motor. And so f- they called in Steinmetz. He came in, and he tinkered with it for about 10 minutes, and then he left. He flipped the switch, and it started running, and he left. A day later, Steinmetz sends Henry Ford a bill for $10,000. $10,000. And so Henry Ford sends a letter back to Steinmetz and saying, hey, don't you think that this is a little high, a bill for 10 minutes worth of tinkering? And so Steinmetz sends back a revised bill that says, tinkering ten dollars knowing where to tinker nine thousand (laughs) nine hundred ninety dollars the moral of the story here is that jesus knows where to tinker because we learned in the first week in the gospel of john that jesus is our creator because he created us he knows us intimately he knows exactly how we are to operate. He knows the things that, that, that is required for us to do, to live, to truly, truly live. And He says, here's how you do it. You love Me with all your heart and with all your soul. And I also want you to love Me with your strength and your mind. With your strength and your mind. He is our Creator and He knows us better than anyone else else knows us so when he says that the key to living is to love your love the lord your god with all your heart soul strength and mind he knows exactly what he's talking about and when one of the elements are missing it's like running your motor without oil it, it, and the the longer you run it it could lead to something catastrophic in your life the timing will be off in your motor if you will we could belabor this a little bit if you want In 2020, uh, I found myself that my timing was off. 2019, I found myself in kind of a funk. Like I wasn't banging on all all eight cylinders myself. And it was directly uh, uh, tied to uh, that I was not loving God with my physical strength. I wasn't loving God with my body. Sometime in December, at the end of a very long day at at church, uh, I was pretty much over it. I was done with the day. The day was stressful. uh, I I can't even really, honestly, I can't even remember what the day brought on, but I remember talking to Sheila as she was heading home, and I told her exactly what my evening was going to be like. And it was all about going home, shutting off all the electronics besides the television, vegging out, and putting the day behind me. I was going to escape the day. I was going to uh, try to catch the coronavirus, Is that too soon? I'm sorry. (laughs) We'll edit that out. But you get the point. Have you ever had one of those days where you're just in a funk and you're just like, "I I want to just get out. I want to escape the day. I'm tired of all the stress and the things that I'm facing right now, and I just need an escape. And that's where I was at. And I was explaining my, my plans to my wife and I was explaining to her uh, all the stress of the day and, and how I was, my plans of going home and, and just vegging out. And she, she lovingly suggested that I go with her to the gym. And so, <laughs> I don't know if it was my pride or, or uh, I just can't tell her no because she's so awesome. Uh, I agreed. I said, let's, fine, let's go to the gym and, and we'll go work out and And so we did, because you can't say no to her. But to my surprise, we worked out for about an hour. It wasn't a crazy workout. It was a normal workout. It was the first workout in probably a long time for me. But when I came out of there, it was gone. The funk was gone. I sweated out. I I, I just told her, I said, man, I feel great. (laughs) And I didn't need to go home and escape. And I believe that part of it is because this is how God has designed us, that we are also to love the Lord our God with our bodies, that we are to get out and be physical, we are to get out and sweat it out, we are to get out and be physical, and if you, so you, if you have your health, <laughs> you need to use it. And so since then, I, I, I have chosen to, one of the ways that I am going to embrace the vision in 2020 is to love the Lord my God with all my strength. And so I've committed to going to the gym every day. Um, I've made it almost every day since then. And, uh, and it's good. Um, I, I, I don't kill it in there. I'm trying to also listen to my body because I'm not 20 anymore. And I've learned that because I've also embraced the vision in 2020 to grow closer in a relationship where I can grow stronger in my relationships in this church. And so I've asked Doug, to be, Doug Swenson to be my accountability partner. And he will remind you because he is a Marine, That 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 (laughs) you are not 20 anymore. Right? Because Doug will work you out, man. He is a good workout partner. And so he's there. He's we meet Tuesdays and and Thursdays together at 5 30 a.m. in the morning, and we are working out together, and he keeps me accountable. We have agreed that he will be my physical trainer and I'll be his spiritual trainer. Yeah, I love it. Right? But we're getting deeper, closer together, and it's rich. It's rich. We, 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 we talk for a little bit after our workout. We pray together. And then we go along our day. And it just starts the day off amazing. Our day starts off in a positive. Because we're loving the Lord our God with all our strength in that moment. And then we can start our day. And I can't tell you how beautifully connected all these things are. You want to know why they're so beautifully connected? It's because this is how God our Creator, our Creator created us. And he says, you, you take out one of those elements and, and you're going to start misfiring. Now the days that I don't go to the gym with Doug, I still go to the gym at 5.30 in the morning. And uh, I listen either to a podcast or uh, um, if I don't want to get all fired up within my podcast, I'll listen to some old classic rock. And, uh, and last week a song came on that described me in 2019 and And most people, if we're honest, it was a song by the Rolling Stones that says, I can't get no satisfaction. You know they've been singing that song since the early 60s? And they're still singing that song. And I think that if we're honest with one uh, one another, it's true that regardless of what people are trying to do today, it seems like they can't get no satisfaction. And I wonder if it's tied to the way God has created us And so today we're going to, this morning we're going to find the solution to finding true satisfaction in this life. And it comes to us in the Gospel of John, chapter 4. We'll begin in verse 1 if you have your Bibles. Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize but only his disciples, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to the town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had been given to his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, weary as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. So the next thing I want you to write in your uh, community group notes are this. You can find satisfaction in this life by staying on God's path. By staying on God's path. We find that Jesus and His disciples left Judea and they went back to Galilee now most Jews traveled many extra miles in order to go around Samaria. Samaria was considered the home of the half-breeds. They were like lower class citizens and Jews would avoid associating with, with uh, uh, Samaritans at all costs. Do you know people like that? They'll, like go, they'll go completely out of their way to avoid a certain town or a certain place. I know a lot of people don't like to drive through Compton, right? Because of why? Because it, it, it's scary to drive through Compton, especially at a different time at night. I can remember we went to a conference in, in, uh, in Chicago. Uh, gosh, it was years ago. And I stopped in at a 7-Eleven. It was about 8.30 at night. I just got out of O'Hare. And I stopped at 7-Eleven because I needed a water. And I walked in there, and everybody stopped. Ding! It was like a pin can drop, and you could hear it. And the cashier goes, Boy! What you doing here? And I'm like, what do you mean what I'm doing here? I'm getting some water. And he goes, you don't know where you're at, huh? And I'm like, no. And he goes, you're in Chicago, dog. You need to get out. You take the water. He gave me the water. And he said, you get out. And you get in your car. (laughs) Yeah, you get in your car and you leave. Because you shouldn't be out here at night. I should have went around, but I was ignorant of of the danger that I was in. But the Jews here would avoid associating with the, the Samaritans at all costs, even if it meant a day or two extra traveling around their town. The shortest route, however, to, uh, from Judea to Galilee went right through Samaria, and this is the path that Jesus took. And I want you to understand that this is, this is, this is super important to the story. You see, because oftentimes God, God's paths take us places we don't want to go. Oftentimes, God's path takes us places that we're not going to go to, associate with people that are not like us, people that we're, we would normally avoid on these paths. I think of my mom, Peggy, who you guys have been praying for, thank you, who would have never chosen to go down the path of cancer, who would never in a million, who would have avoided it at all costs if she had it her way. And, and, and who, who would never want to associate with, with the doctors and the people, and, the, and who, never, who would have avoided trying to be down that path at all costs. She would have never picked that. But I'm telling you, it's down these paths that God does miracles, that God meets us. You see, we'll, we're going to learn real quick that the Samaritan woman didn't want to be on that path either, she despised being at the well. And we'll get into the reason why that is. She did not want to be there. She was ashamed to be there. And when Jesus offers her, offers her this living water, she's like, give it to me so that I don't ever have to come back here again. And I know like, people like my mom would say, heal me of my cancer so I don't ever have to come back here again. You might be on a path right now that you're going, I hate this path. I don't want to be on this path. I, I don't even want to associate with the people on this path. But God is saying, stay on the path because I got you right where I want you. And this is where I'm going to do my finest work. In Romans 8, Paul says this, and listen to these words. It's not in your bulletin. I didn't provide you. I added this this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that is to be revealed to us. For we know that the whole of creation has been groaning together in pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons and daughters, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we are saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope for who hopes in what he sees. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait eagerly with, for with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the heart knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints. You're the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who God loves, all things work together for the the good for those who are called according to his purpose you see i believe that god has chosen to employ your hardships and the hardships of this world to complete the work that he has created he has begun in you and it's interesting, we serve God, and he's saying in this, this is all about future glory. And, and in, in this passage of Scripture, he says that the hardships are conforming us to be more like Christ. That we are being conformed into the image of Jesus. That we are being made more like Him even through the sufferings. And when we avoid the paths of suffering in this life, when we avoid these paths that God wants us to go on, we avoid, the, the, we avoid actually the grace that we need in the middle of them. We avoid the mercy that God pours out on us in the middle of those paths. We avoid the miracles that are going to take place in our own hearts and our lives that God wants to do on that path. But we're so addicted to our comforts. We're so addicted. We're, we're, we're like, we're not even going to Samaria because I don't want to be over there because I don't want to have to do, I don't want to get on that path. That path is just no good. But it's where God does His finest work, Family. Nobody's testimony in here has this like, everything was awesome and then I met Jesus and everything's even more awesome now. <laughs> Nobody's saying that. Everybody's, everybody's story is just like, I, I, every, my life was a mess. I was on this path that I would have never chose for myself. Whatever your path is, maybe your path is, is called cancer. Maybe your path is called Addiction. Maybe your path is called dealing with children with mental illness. Maybe your path is mental illness. Maybe your path is is a hardship in your own family. Maybe it's your spouse that's sick, like my dad and my stepmom. Whatever your path is, stay on it. Because this is where God does His finest work. This is where Jesus comes to meet the Samaritan on the path. And the Samaritan woman It's about ready to receive this miracle of living water that only Jesus can offer, and He offers it on the paths of our lives. Stay on the path. It's where you're going to find satisfaction in this life. When we avoid the paths in this life, you guys, we we, will never experience God's amazing, transforming uh, grace in the middle of them. And then the depth of our relationship with Jesus will never grow more than a surface uh, uh, relationship because we've never really got on our knees and pressed in and said, God, we need You because I'm on this path. And then watch God show up and deliver and do the miracle. Verse 7. And the woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Now let me give you a little com- commentary here. Like John adds these little colored commentaries in here uh, because he's like hindsight twenty twenty, and, and, and so these things matter. These things matter because look at the disciples, they weren't going on that path. They were missing out on a blessing. And so John wants to tell them, yeah, the disciples, they were left to go and buy food. They were left to go buy food. And they missed out on a blessing. Think about that for a minute. That we would avoid, that we, we excuse going down the path that God would want us to go down or keep us on to go, to go take care of our own selves. and just Status quo. Sometimes the paths that you need to go down are, are, are just like risky and, and the things that, that, that God would, you're feeling like God is telling you and then you go like, nah, that's going to mess up my day. Because, you know, i got to go get lunch. You know, you know lunch is... You know, after church, I can't go, I can't go visit those people. I know they haven't been in church for a while, and I know they're sick, but I can't go visit them. We got we got lunch plans. The disciples had lunch plans, Jesus had other plans, and, and in Jesus' plan is a miracle. I love how John adds this kind of commentary in the middle of all that was going on so that we can glean from it. Amen. So it says a, a woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? And then John adds some more commentary here and tells us why this is happening. And he says, For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. The next thing I want you to write down in your Sumer notes is this You can find satisfaction in this life by seeing past your prejudices. Prejudices. You might say, I don't have any prejudices. I'm not prejudiced at all. Let me just call it, pick on the guys right now. So if you've ever played, guys, have you ever played sports? Gentlemen, hands up if you've played sports. Yeah? Come on, dude. All right, thanks. All right? It's so, all right. <laughs> and so if you're just with the boys, right? If you're just with the boys and you're like, you're like, hey, I saw how you, 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 you drove down that lane and, and you need to quit playing like a girl. Have you ever seen that or heard that or even said that? As if somehow being a girl is less than being a man. We will use being a girl as an insult and so at the, at the very level of that we have prejudices. Why can't I say that word this morning? Too much coffee. Sorry. So at the heart of it, we have, gen- like, here's a gender issue going on right now. Jesus walks in, and, 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 he, and he, as soon as Jesus asks the Samaritan woman for a drink, she finds this reason to say no. Because you're a Jew. You're a man. Why are you asking me? I don't want no experience with you now, so just, hey, chill out. Yeah, you can't, you can, I can't give you a drink. Why, why are No, I'm not giving you a drink. And so she finds a reason to say no. Not only were Jewish people not to associate with Samaritans, this was a man talking to a woman in this day and age. And she immediately lets Jesus know that he's making a mistake. (laughs) She's like, oh, no, 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 you're a Jew. Why are you talking to me? I think sometimes we'll do that to you. I think sometimes we'll, we'll, we'll even see Jesus in that light too. You're like... Jesus wants to come in, and you're hearing all about Jesus at church, and you're like, no, Jesus, you don't know, you don't know who you're talking to right now. You can't associate with me because you don't know my junk. I know Pastor Mike claims a lot that, that there's grace and there's forgiveness and there's, there's this unconditional love that comes from God, but you really don't know me, Jesus. And you are the, the Savior. You are God. God. And I'm not. I've made a mess of my life. You shouldn't talk to me. You shouldn't ask me for things. I want you to be corrected this morning. And listen to this full story of, of what's really happening here. And that also know that, that, that we also carry some prejudices in our own lives when we associate with the people around us. And so when we're talking about, about, about growing wider in 2020, there's some people that you will just go all the way around town to avoid in your life. Here, Jesus breaks down barriers, cultural barriers between Jew and Samaritan. We have racial barriers in our culture. Believe it or not, believe it. We have gender barriers that Jesus breaks down and crosses because He wants to see a miracle in this woman's life. And so he doesn't allow their sexuality or gender get in the way of him coming in and offering them a, 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 and having a relationship with this, with this woman. And then he, he breaks down false barriers, too, because this girl was like, no, no, you don't talk to me. And so there's false barriers that are out there, false beliefs, false understandings that we need to also as the church break down too because we do have, we do have some prejudices in our lives. If you just do some inventory, uh, uh, who is it in your life that you're just like, I ain't giving them two minutes of my time right now. They haven't earned the right to even be at the table here, so I'm not even going to talk to them. Who is it? Maybe you're on the other end of that and you're like, no, Jesus... You could never talk to me because of what I've done, but, but think about it on the flip side, that we do that to people too because we're guilty of not only racism, but classism and genderism and all kinds of isms that keep us from going and talking to the people that God wants us to talk to. Don't miss out on your relationship with Jesus if that is you. Don't feel so guilty and ashamed that, that you can't come to the feet of Jesus because He welcomes you. And then Christians, don't be so, so prejudiced that we don't talk to the people that God has placed in our life because they're not good enough. For the Jews and the Samaritans, the Samaritans were not good enough. They were second-class citizens. God has made us all in His image and likeness. Everyone, black, yellow, green, white, I don't even know how many colors are there now. Everyone is made in the image of God. And God has made us beautifully equal with value and dignity all human beings every human being we live in this melting pot called LA county and there's so many ethnic i mean i think there's over 3000 dialects uh, languages in LA county alone 3000 it's it's beautiful it's like a cornucopia it's this beautiful diversity that God has blessed. And it, it just it speaks of His uh, amazing uh, creativity. And yet we come into churches and we, we want to embrace diversity in our church, right? And we're like, yeah, we're a diverse church. Kind of. And then we're like, oh, yeah, cool. So we got, we got some white over here. Cool. We've got, we've got some Hispanic over here. We've got, we've got Korean over here. We've got Filipino over here. And we've got all this stuff happening right here. This is great. We've, we've got a little bit of diversity going here. Now, now let's put that all in a bowl and just drown it with ranch dressing. <laughs> so that it tastes like 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 America or whatever or what, what? We're not not celebrating diversity because we don't want to. We want to drown out the diversity with ranch. And we're guilty. We want them to be like us. And and if we're drawing people to ourselves, uh, because that's typically what we do. We like people that are like us. Jesus is saying, I want to put you around people that are not like you, and I don't want you to be prejudiced to people who are not like you. And then I want, to, I want you to know that it's in those moments right there that I'm going to do amazing miracles. I was talking to somebody I can't remember about my past. Uh, I just offered I, I was just called by Gideon International. If you know my testimony, it's about the Gideons. <clears throat> they, uh, they had called me up, and, and they're flying Sheila and I out to Nashville to go share my testimony. Yeah, and sometime in July. right? And, and I was just like, "What? People want. Why would people want to hear my story? You know, and, my, and and then I was telling somebody about my story, and they're like, "Oh, I had never imagined you that way, ever, ever, ever." Had it not been for somebody to come along my in my life and look past my roughness and my toughness and the and the the just all that, and loved on me, I wouldn't be your pastor today. I wouldn't be here today. I, I, I'm certain. We have to set aside our prejudices. We have to take inventory and and really understand that that we are prejudiced in a lot of things. We need to repent of that. Christians must be able to see past those stereotypes and listen to Jesus in those moments. Look at verse 10. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, And who it was saying to you, give me a drink? You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The next thing I want you to write down in your sermon notes is this. You can can find satisfaction in this life when you know the giver of living water. When you know the giver of living water. The woman was questioning Jesus about his understanding of the culture, and his reply was, if you knew... (laughs) If you only knew. This statement is for everyone. I love what John said, that this is, this is the gospel to the world. If, if we just knew who Jesus was, if we personally know the gift from God, we would be satisfied. If you're walking around here unsatisfied in this life and you don't know Jesus, you need to get to know Jesus. If you think you know Jesus and you're still unsatisfied, you, get to know, you, need, to, you need to get to know Him in a deeper way. You need to walk with Jesus, talk with Jesus, sit with Jesus, sit at his feet, go deeper. If you knew, woman, he's saying, if you knew, brothers and sisters, if you personally knew the giver of life, you will be satisfied. There's no doubt. Look at verse 11. And the woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw, the wa- to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and livestock. And Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. Strong statement. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Do you see how well this, this like Romans 8 is now being like such a big deal now? This is what Jesus is saying. The water that I'm going to give them are, is, is a spring of water that is welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I don't have to be thirsty and I don't have to come here to draw water. You see her predicament? She never wants to be back at this well again. And Jesus said to her, go, call your husband and come here. What a strange response. Lord, give me this water that you're telling me that you have. And He's like, I'm not even going to respond to that. Go get your husband. And tell him to come here. And the woman answered Him, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you are right in saying, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said Is true. The next thing I want you to write down in your notes is this. You can find satisfaction in this life when you drink the living water. Sometimes the living water, the truth, the words of life, Jesus and what He has to say are going to be hard to swallow. This living water that that is is here to, to lead you to a satisfying life is going to be hard to swallow. For this woman here, Jesus tells her uh, uh, there's no water that is going to ever quench your thirst except the water that I offer. And then He says, He, he goes, now Now here's, here's how I'm going to get deep into your heart. Go call your husband and tell him to come back here. And then we'll really talk about this water. We're going to talk about what the water really does. Go get your husband. She's like, I ain't got no husband. Shoot. Uh, you, you know, you don't know me. You ain't going to get into that part of my life. And then Jesus says, Uh, You're right, you don't have a husband. You've had five. And the one you're sleeping with right now that's in your home is not your husband. And here's the deal. I still want to give you living water. I still want to cleanse you. I still want you to drink from this well. I want you to know that I know you intimately. I know everything that brought you to this well. I know the reason why you're here. The reason why she's there at noon and not in the morning and not in the evening was to avoid the crowds because she was shamed in her culture because she has lived an overtly sinful lifestyle, sleeping with five men plus the one, uh, having five husbands uh, and plus the one, now this is a small village, it's not a big village, it's a small village, so she's the harlot in the town who's in people's husbands. Crazy. And the one she's sleeping with now is an adulterous affair, and so she's avoiding at all costs making contact with anybody in the city because they're probably going after it, right? Have you ever defended your husband or your spouse? From somebody who is trying to get to your husband and spouse? Can you imagine that in a little small town? This is the, what she's facing, and this is what Jesus is saying to her I know what's going on here. I know why you're here. I know why you're at this path at this time. I know what you're trying to avoid, and this is why I'm here. I'm here to cleanse you. I'm here to to forgive you of all of that. I'm here to cleanse you of all of your unrighteousness. I'm here to give you living water that will well up in your heart and and, and lead you to eternal life. And if you don't drink of this water, it's your sins that are going to lead you to a place where you will be thirsty forever. (laughs) This is so important. Because Jesus is letting her know that she, He knows He, he knows her exactly who she was and what she has done, and He still offers her this water. God has placed uh, deep in our hearts. I'm trying to find my place. Sorry, <laughs> here it goes. Yeah. So like every one uh, of us, just like this woman, we're searching for satisfaction in this life. And she was, she was searching satisfaction through, through promiscuity and men and radical sinful lifestyle. And we're all searching for satisfaction in this life. She was trying to find it in the things of this world. God has placed the quest in each of our hearts, a, 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 this quest to, to find satisfaction, but it's meant to drive us to Him. Not the things that, will, that were never meant to satisfy us. They were, they're there because we're made for Him. We're, we're made for God. But sadly, our, our lifelong quest for satisfaction, we look for satisfaction in all the wrong places. And the same is true for this woman at the well. It's important to realize that, that, that you can search for satisfaction, but you're only going to search for it in two places you're either going to search for it uh, in this life vertically and find it in Christ or you're going to be shopping for it horizontally and you're going to shop till you drop she was at the well but never wanted to be there humiliated to be there this is why paul writes this in romans chapter 1 verse 25 he says they exchanged the truth about god for a lie and worship and serve the created Worship and serve created things rather than the Creator. People are created things. Things are created things. It says they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worship and serve the the created things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. Amen. And what is the lie? It's the lie that was first told in the Garden of Eden. The false promise that says heart-satisfying life can be found somewhere outside of God. This is the first temptation from the enemy. That You don't need God. You see this fruit? It is good. And you'll know more than God. You'll know just as much as God, and you could be your own God. It's the lie of lies. It's the cruelest lie ever told. And if you believe it, it'll leave you empty, discouraged, and disgraced. And here is the woman at the well. Empty, discouraged, thirsty, and disgraced. Jesus knew exactly who she was and what she has done, but exactly what he, she needed to actually have a satisfying life. The good news for her and for us is that Jesus knows us inside and out, and He still offers us the living water that will satisfy our souls forever. Jesus says in verse 14, But whoever drinks of the water I will give, that I will give will never thirst Two things happen when we drink from the water that comes from God. The first thing is that we're completely satisfied. The second thing is that we're permanently satisfied. The physical created world is full of engaging and enlightening delights, but it's important to understand that nothing in this physical world can give you what you really need. They're all meant to point you to the God who created it all. And I don't believe the Lord is saying that you'll never be spiritually hungry here again or thirsty here again. What He's saying is that what I'm implanting in your heart, what I'm offering you, will never run out. When we go after the things of this world, it just runs out. Doesn't it? And we need more of it and more of it and more of it. And then then it's just never enough. Jesus is saying what I'm offering you, you'll never thirst again. You'll never be without Me. Those who drink of Me will never be without Me. Look at verse 19. The woman said to Him, Sir, I perceive that You are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but You say that in Jerusalem is a place where people ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, listen to this, Woman, believe Me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father you worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and it is, and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. The woman said to Him, I know the Messiah is coming who is called the Christ. He comes, and when He comes, He will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, listen, <laughs> mind blown, I who, I who speak to you am He. Like she knew that the Messiah would come to reveal all truth. She knew that she was to be worshiping God. And then Jesus is going, look, the guy you're talking about, that's me. I'm right here, my daughter. I'm right Here you don't have to look any further. I'm the one. And it's on this path that she didn't even want to be on. It's this path that, that she had pretty much paved herself through her sin. She had, if she had it her way, she would have avoided this path altogether. God, just give me water. Like, give me the faucet at the house. Like, I don't, need, I don't want to come out here anymore and have to draw water. Man, somebody needs to plumb that in. Jesus, you're going to give me water that I'll never have to thirst again. Plumb that into my house so I don't have to feel the guilt and the shame anymore. And, 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 and Jesus is going, No, look, I'm here. I'm the Messiah, the Christ. I who you speak to, uh, I who speak to you is He. It's interesting that, that she knew that she was supposed to worship God. But as a Samaritan, she couldn't go to Jerusalem to worship God in the temple. And that's where it was all happening. That temple would crumble three, uh, many days after Jesus' uh, death and resurrection. And then the Holy Spirit would come on the scene where people will actually worship God in spirit and in truth. That God would save people and fill them with their spirit. The Holy Spirit would come, a, like, reside in people's hearts. And, and people would then worship God, the God of transformation, the God of salvation, the God of transformation, the God who is truly being worshipped all over the world. That God is not going to be able to be contained to a temple in Jerusalem or on a mountaintop. Jesus is saying, He is with us. He is with you. And she knew that this, this time was coming. And now she's sitting right in front of Jesus. It's beautiful. Through Jesus, we can worship God in spirit and truth. When we give our lives to Christ, when we receive him, we're going to celebrate this next week where people will come who have confessed their faith in Jesus and will be baptized. And now they get to worship God in spirit and in truth because of what Jesus had had inaugurated right here in John's Gospel. The same that is true for for the Samaritan woman is the same truth for every one of us, that he will meet us on on the paths in our life at the wells that we don't even want to be at. And that's where he does his finest work and does his miracle, and he offers us living water where we can worship God in spirit and in truth. Just as the woman at the well found out, Jesus is the only way you could have your thirst quenched. He offers us living water, but it's not going to be satisfying unless you drink it. And sometimes it's hard to drink. Like Jesus is going to call your sin out. But when you don't understand the bad news about your sin, you'll never understand the good news about Jesus. The depth of your understanding about Jesus will be shallow if it's just about your better life now. If this is about saving your soul, (laughs) then it gets a little bit deeper, doesn't it? If the consequences of hell is judgment, then Christ's gift of living water and cleansing salvation is a beautiful gift to us, isn't it? He alone will give you reason for getting up in the morning knowing this. And He will give you purpose in the morning knowing that you are a child of God. He alone can infuse in your heart with hope no matter what you're going through or what path you're on right now. So in his amazing grace, he meets us at the wells of our lives. The places that we, where we go and, and find the, the real Jesus. Because the real Jesus is coming in to those places. He knows you. I think it was Sandy that, that, that said, Sandy Van Lant, she said, you know, is Jesus welcome in your home? And, and pretty much everybody's like, yeah, sure. But the truth is, he's only, for most of us, he's only welcome in our living room. We're not going to let him into the bathroom or into our kids' room because they're all messy. And and God forbid if he comes into our bedroom, right? But Jesus knows. You're fooling yourself. Like he knows everything about you and he still wants you to have this abundant, satisfied life. He wants you to know that he knows you inside and out and he knows the best for you. Jesus has life in His hands. The very kind of life every human being is designed to long for, whether you realize it or not. Why do we search horizontally for things that we've already been given in Christ? Why? It's because we're in this tension of the now and the not yet. we are still got this sin that kind of controls us. But the now of the presence of God that, that, that is much more powerful than all that. And so Paul would say just take off the old self and put on the new walk and john would say walk in the light as he is in the light trust in god we have to stop drinking from the empty wells of life that are that are never meant to satisfy you especially when when you've already been given the thirst quenching living water of jesus christ you agree let's pray father in heaven we thank you for your love for us Jesus, we thank you for your life, your death, and your resurrection. We thank you for the offer of living water, a water that we will never thirst again. I pray, God, that wherever, whatever path we are on right now, God, that we would know that, this is, that you have ordained our hardships and the hardships of this world so that you can finish the work that you've, that you've begun in us. Your word says that you will complete the good work that you've begun in us. And so may we trust you on whatever path we are on. Father, I pray that you'll take your words now and that you'll apply it to the hearts of your people and that you will tinker where only you know needs to be tinkering. I thank you for the freedom of grace, knowing that we are all accepted no matter how messy our lives are right now. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will begin tinkering in our lives. And that you'll call us to a life that loves you with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our strength, and with all our mind. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: We close out our worship service uh, in a time of communion. In, in the back, we have uh, bread and we have juice. Uh, what we do is we, uh, we take a piece of bread and we dip it in the cup there. The bread symbolizes uh, the body of Christ and the blood is, or the the cup is the blood that He shed for us. It's symbolic. I want to read First uh, Corinthians ten seventeen that says,
1: "Because there is one bread."